This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along to our Friday episode. One of our topical episodes <laughs> where we get to the heart of what's going on. Got any thoughts about that missing woman? No, no thoughts at all. No, same. None of my business. None of my business. Um, uh, what have you been up to? I've been looking at your Instagram. You've been on your travels. I've been in Belgium, which was great. There we go. I wanted to get away for a few days, a half term. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had some flight vouchers left over from things that were cancelled during COVID. So me and my boy Lenny decided to go to Belgium because he is Good. quite eccentric. And when I said, look, I, we've got enough to sort of go to most places in Europe, where have you always fancied? And without hesitation, he went, obviously Belgium. I said, I was not expecting <laughs> yeah. that. And he went, okay. he went, waffles, chips and chocolate. Those are the three things that Belgium's famous for, right? And I went, yeah. And he went, so why would I want to go somewhere else? So I was like, okay, put it like that. So, He's um, giving us a bit of thought. Can I just say, I was inspired by your trip, mm. and I suggested to my son that we do something, because his half term's next week. Mm. And not Belgium. No. Um, I don't have any... Everyone's got their own tastes. To, to use right. it. Yeah. I said, how about if we get like an Airbnb, maybe somewhere um, you know, on the outskirts of maybe Manchester in the countryside. Yeah. We can do a bit of Lovely. walk around in the countryside. Bit of a go pipe to Manchester, about. Go to the go to the National Football Museum because yeah. he likes his football. Mm. He turned to me, he looked at me, he's 15, remember? Yeah. And he said, do you even fucking know who I am? Oh, <laughs> fucking hell, a bullet through your heart. Yeah. Well, that's charming, yeah. isn't it? So, so that's that's not happening. Yeah, that um, is fucking charming, mate. Oh, well. Yeah. Never mind. His loss. His anyway, fucking loss. Um, yeah, it was, well... To be honest, I mean, not to not to sort of like take pleasure in your pain, but in a way that makes oh, it, I'm not asked. All, all it no, all it makes me think is that that I'm very aware because you're because your son's a few years older than mine, and you know when we exchange stories like this, I always get a glimpse of the future. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like we yeah. podcast, you know, you obviously had uh, the podcast you did. You don't do that as much anymore. I'm not saying it's retired but it's resting it's resting beans on toast it's resting. right yeah and the bear tent toast. we haven't done an episode for a while we talk about it a lot he hasn't made an official and that's like when a band say well no we haven't split up we will we we all have busy schedules but we you know yeah. there are there are loose plans to get back in the studio we'll just take some time out yeah, yeah. and uh, and so i'm sort of aware that these things that you do as father and son will will gradually inevitably and rightly sort of fade away and that will be a shame, mostly for us, the dad. The son will just yeah. be moving on to better things. Um, yeah. But so, uh, you know, so it was nice. It was sort of a thing to treasure in Belgium. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Brussels, We, to be <clears> honest, <throat> we just fucking, we, it was so delayed, the flight. We got so fucked around by British Airways that by the time we got there, we had plans for the daytime on Tuesday. Mm. But by the time we got there, we just got to the hotel and we were knackered. So we were just like, Fuck this. Let's yeah. see if they've got Uber Eats round here. Fucking got, <laughs> got a five guy sent to our hotel, didn't we? And watch, and watch Creed 2. You know Creed 2. Fair it's enough. about Apollo Creed's son. 
And yeah, I didn't uh, even know there was a Creed two. I thought there was just Creed. No, there's Creed. There was Creed two. Creed one's brilliant. Creed two, bit shit, but it's all right if you're ah. in a Belgian hotel room eating a Five Guys. And then, well, yeah, sounds perfect for that. Uh, and just in time for Creed three out in cinemas March third. Love it. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm right behind on the Creed. Oh, I'm get, right behind on the, the John Wicks. I yeah. haven't got John Wicks one yet. Well, John Wick, John Wicks one is fucking great. <laughs> Again. I think a lot of these franchises, it's the law of diminishing return. When John Wick's one came out, I was like, oh, my God, my mind's been turned upside down. Like, my, my whole worldview's changed of what a movie can be and the amount of people who can be killed in a single movie. Yeah. And then the second and the third one, you're like, oh, yeah, he's still just killing loads of people. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, but yeah. whatever. Um, so that was that. The, we did a really good thing on the, 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 the big day was Wednesday. Oh, what a day. Got up. Went to the Belgium Comic Museum in mm. Brussels. Huge fucking Art Deco, gorgeous building, tra- tracking the history of comic strips from all over the world. But of course, wow. comics and cartoons are a particularly big thing. Other than the waffles, chocolate, and chips, that's the other thing that's big in Belgium because it's the birthplace of Tintin. Tintin, one of my favourite all time, like mm. fictional characters. <clears throat> Um, actually I started to think Tintin might be worthy of a deep dive sometime in the future because the story's so funny so there was that but they they also invented the Smurfs right Mm -hmm. so we went there we saw all this Tintin shit all this Smurf stuff but also cartoons from all over the world and you know how they first began and who first came up with the idea of doing drawings with speech bubbles coming out which I think was a a British newspaper Um, it was very funny very educational and i Got, I finally, after years of trying, got my son into Tintin. Because you know, like, sometimes you can force it a bit for your son to be into <clears> the same that, things as you. you time it right, haven't you? Yeah, and in the past, I've gone, right. read this. It's really good. I was really into it when I was your age. And he's like, fuck off. But mm. I bought him and his phone had run out of battery. So on the train from, uh, from Brussels to Bruges that afternoon, he had nothing to read. So he fucking smashed his way through Tintin and the Picarus. And... Uh, okay. I was like, look, Tintin inspired me to be a journalist, right? And he was like, why? And I said, because he just was always flying all around the world. Appe- mm. Money appeared to be no object. Mm-hmm. He had a lovely dog, which was also appealing to me, who helped him. And he was accompanied always by this pissed up sailor who, whenever, any, whenever it kicked off, would just like beat people up for him. And yeah. it seemed like fun. I said, however, that was my impression of journalism. I didn't know journalists when I was growing up. I'd never met a journalist. So my impression of it was Tintin. And then later, of course, Dexter Fletcher in Press Gang, right? And um, I thought, yeah, this is good. But Tintin, as it turns out, I mean, I said to him, he wasn't a real journalist. I think he was some sort of rich kid. Because to be honest, he never got... Com- you never, You never, ever saw Tintin's editor. <clears throat> he never, ever was working on a commission. He was yeah. a fucking Lampard. He flew all Editor over. At large. He'd read in the paper, oh, an artefact's gone missing from a fucking, from a big museum in Buenos Aires, right? And he mm. would read that in the morning. By lunchtime, the cunt would be on a plane with his dog, right? And he'd always gone to his mate, the pissed up Captain Haddock, you should come too. And then he'd just turn up wherever he'd read about the story and just start fucking asking, he'd burn and go, right, What's going on with this artefact that's gone missing from your Tell museum? Then? And they go, 
who the fuck are you? And they go, I'm a fucking journalist. And they go, well, says who? Where are your credentials? Hey, don't worry about that. That's my fucking business. Just, Just answer, answer my fucking questions or this fucking nutter I've got with me is going to start fucking punching people, right? <laughs> and they just, people used to go with it. It did something, you'd sometimes see his story end up in the paper, but you never saw anyone commissioning him. He would always go on spec. He would always just snoop about and grasp people. And um, money was no object. So I've got a feeling he had a trust fund and yeah. he would just use that to sort of play at being a journalist and occasionally did manage to get a story printed. So it wasn't quite... Journalism, when I eventually did manage to get involved in that world, never was like the Tintin sort of lifestyle. But nevertheless, I like it. And it is fucking funny. And one of the funny things about it is, apart from the fact that there is always a scene with some monkeys or parrots that get pissed, they get access to alcohol and get slaughtered. I mean, that is mm. that will happen in every Tintin adventure, right? Animals will get pissed. <clears throat> Sometimes the dog, Snowy, gets pissed. That's always funny. There's lots of funny bits. And there's always brilliant disandats. It was almost like the invention of the disandat type character. I need to revisit Tintin. T- Tintin is always abroad yeah. in a Latin American or Mediterranean country, and there is always a man of dusky complexion who is slightly unshaven and up to no fucking good, <laughs> smoking a fag, right? And Tintin always ends up having to expose him. So that's really, really good. Um, I've been trying to think while you've been talking about that. I've been trying to think who the modern day equivalent of Tintin might be. And I think it might be Brooklyn Beckham. Yeah, it's similar. There are parallels, yeah. Maybe Brooklyn yeah. Beckham, like me, grew up reading Tintin. What I said mm. to what Len was, he was like, right, I really like that. What should I read next? I said, well, you can read them in order. I said, but it doesn't really matter because they're all... They, they all, there's recurring characters in all of them, but they all can work as standalone books, apart from a couple of stories that run over two books simultaneous. And he went, oh, like James Bond. I went, it is like James Bond, but it's better than James Bond because it's, imagine James Bond, but with all the kissing bits taken out. And I said, because <laughs> yeah. actually the kissing bits are the worst bits in James Bond films. Yeah. They slow the story down, right? When you're a kid, you just think, ugh, kissing. And when you're, mm. maybe briefly when you're an adolescent, you think, Gore, kissing, Ooh, Gore, James Bond. But then as soon as you become anything remotely like a fucking adult, you think, what a prick James Bond is, right? Going yeah. around fucking, you know, with his stupid fucking irritating David Brent chat-up lines and puns, right? The kissing bits are the worst bit in James Bond. So I said, it's like James Bond, but it's better because he's not working for any government outfit, for starters, right? He's he's not working on behalf of an imperialist state, no, right? As far as we know, anyway. He's not an alcoholic, although his accomplice is, right? James Bond yeah. is an alcoholic, Tintin isn't. And, uh, and he doesn't... I don't even know what Tintin's sexuality is. I mean, he certainly looks a lot like Jimmy Somerville. I think Jimmy Somerville got his image off of Tintin, yeah, so I don't know if, yeah. if Tintin is, yeah. a, is a, a gay, a queer icon. But, a gay man. But I don't know. I don't know whether he's gay or asexual. I don't even know what his gender identity is. What I do know is that he's living quite the lifestyle and, um, and I can recommend it to everyone. So that was I good. think we should deep dive, let's say, for example, uh, Tintin Destination Moon. Yeah, yeah. But that, but all <laughs> I would warn you about that is, you, I think that's part of a two-parter. 
Right. Because then there's explorers on the moon. There's explorers on the moon, so, but I guess that's part two when they get there. That's part two, it? yeah, that's when they get out yeah. there. And that's a, I've got a brilliant picture of them all in their beautiful orange spacesuits. And they've even got one for Snowy the dog. I mean, I don't know who made that. Those spacesuits must cost a lot to make. Um, so how Tintin... So, I mean, that's the thing about Tintin's endless resource. Right, I'm going to need... I'm going up to the moon <laughs> as part of my investigations, right? And I go, <laughs> right, okay. So I will need a space suit. Uh, here are my measurements. Actually, I'll tell you what, while you're at it, make one for my mate, Captain Haddock. What's he doing? He just comes with me. He likes to come along. And if things get punchy, he's quite handy in a tear-up. So you'll you need one for him. Okay, and that's it, is it? No, I've also got a scientist mate called Professor Calculus. He'll need one because he'll be able to... We'll want his knowledge and know-how when we're up there, when we're exploring the moon. So that's it. Three spacesuits. You know these cost an arm and a fucking leg. One last one. I will need one for my dog. What do you need to take your dog for? Hey, my dog comes with me fucking everywhere. Make one for the dog or I'm not going. I don't care if you go or not. <clears throat> Bit of a tie-in with our current rabies content as well. How's the dog getting around all over the place through international borders and no, stuff like no that? No dog passport or anything. Fucking hell. Um, yeah. So. Also... Your man who drew these things, Hergé. Hergé, yeah. I what's got, that about? What's I, the what's I, the one word name about? I got a photo taken with a bust of Hergé at the um, at the comic cinema, which I was delighted by. I, it was funny. I was just getting my. It's like we went in. There was a lot of kids there, and what was weird was I was getting my son to take pictures of me next to the artifacts, the Tintin artifacts, rather than vice versa. Which was like, yeah, there's Hergé over there. Take a picture of me with him. Who's that, Dad? He's the geezer what drew Tintin. He's a fucking legend. I'm just looking at his uh, his Wikipedia page. I was going to say, like, when I was a kid, I wasn't massively into Tintin, but I was really into um, Asterix. Yeah, Asterix is fucking hilarious, yeah. And I'm just looking on Hergier's page, and it says, at one point, in the 1960s, Hergier became increasingly annoyed at the success of the Asterix comic book series. <laughs> yeah, he would have done. That really which, various, which various commentators had described as eclipsing the adventures of Tintin as the foremost comic in the Franco-Belgian tradition. Whoa! Fucking, those fucking I, cunts. No, nah, fucking... I don't... Hey! So, Herge, have you seen the new Asterix? Hey! Do not fucking oh. mention that word in my... If you fucking even so much as say... The word, and I'm not going to say it. You know the word I'm talking about. If you say that cunt's name again, or even the name of that fat cunt he hangs around with, right, I fucking swear I will knock your teeth so far down your fucking throat they will come out your arsehole. Oh, you got to wonder where they get the big man-little man combo from, don't you? Hey, <laughs> have a look right here. Fucking hell. I cannot Probably believe it. Probably got a dog it. as well, has he? <laughs> now I know how James Garner felt. Right, when Quincy kept ripping <laughs> off the, the Rockford files, it's the same thing. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, Asterix is great too. Asterix is very, very funny. And I love them both. But I think overall, I'm more of a... I'm more of a te- I feel Tintin mm. has more te- depth and texture. But listen, right? I think you could be right, yeah. The, on, on the same day, this is what an adventurous day it was. After we'd been there, we got on the fucking mm. train to Bruges, right? And that's about 50 minutes on the fast train. And when we got there, we had one destination in mind, the second museum of the day. 
We'd already been to the Comet right. Museum. We're in a different city. Where do we head? The world's only freak museum. That's right. A museum of fucking chips. Now, oh my God. I wanted... The main thing on my agenda was to get to the chip shop inside the museum, right? Because obviously Belgium's well known for its for its chips. It's the birthplace of chips, which I'm going to tell you a little really? bit about in a second, right? Please but, do. But what you had to do was... It was one of those ones where they trapped you. You had to walk all the way through the museum down a specially assigned route that it was impossible to deviate from. Like Ikea? Yes, exactly like it was the Ikea system. <clears throat> and only at the end would you arrive at the chippy, right? So I was a right, bit... I was, oh, yeah. fucking hell, now we've got to do all the stuff. I well, suppose with Ikea, you can take those shortcuts. They don't advertise very much to get to the meatballs. There is no shortcuts you? here. If you're savvy. You had to go all the way up a building, <clears throat> then all the way down yeah. again... And then the chippy at the end was in the basement. I thought, oh, well, I'll have to look at the history. And then, and then I thought, at what point are they going to start? Is it going to be the birth of the chip? And then you go up through what's happened since. No, it starts further back. It starts with the birth of the fucking potato, mate. The first six Fuck rooms I went in, we weren't even onto chips yet. Just potatoes. Now, this is a whole separate deep dive episode, so I won't go into all of it, right? Other than to say, fuck me, the history of the potato is a rich and entertaining one. And it's one that I strongly think we should examine at some point on this well, podcast. Well, I mean, look, if we've done mud, we could do potatoes. Well, two Surely. things are closely linked. The potato, exactly. by the way, originates from Peru. <clears throat> Does it? Yeah. Um, okay. So that's just, that's that. one that's one bit of fucking uh, info for you right info. there. Jalapeño. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. But I'll fast forward to the 1500s when the chip was invented in a town in Belgium where the fishermen used to fish in the local river. These little river fish came out. I don't know what you'd call them, but you know, about the sort of size and shape of a white bait, I suppose, right? These fish. Okay. That, and the whole town ate them and what they'd do is they'd fry them they'd just fry them in oil 
Fry them whole. Yeah, they fry them all and they'd eat them like that. And that was the main Eyes and everything. staple dish of the fishermen and most of the people in the village. They lived off that. It's a 1500s, right. so they didn't have a fucking Tesco, right? They had what came out of the river. But what happened was, mate, come winter, the river froze over. So what are they going to do for their fucking food? They can't get anything out of the river. Well, around the same time, the fucking potatoes turned up from South America, right? Via, I think, Spain. In fact, in fact I think it went... I think it went via the fucking Balearic Islands, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah, because what's his face brought them? Was Sir it Sir Walter Drake. Raleigh brought them over? Francis Drake brought yeah, them from ob- Spain, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But he, obviously <clears throat> there was other fuckers took them. From, Bert Millichip. Yeah, <laughs> Bert Millichip. It was Bert Millichip, and who was the other one with the ginger hair? Graham Kelly. Yeah, Graham Kelly and Bert Millichip went on a fact-finding mission to Peru, right? <laughs> and when they were there, they brought, they discovered the potato and brought it back. Yeah. They brought it to Spain. Anyway, it's ended up in Belgium. They thought, right. Now, the other thing. And, and of course, Bert Millichip named it after himself. He did, yeah. After a prolonged prolonged physical battle with Graham Kelly. Graham Kelly went. On the cobbles. Uh, we have decided after long negotiations <laughs> that we will name the chip. We will name this new potato we snack the, the Miller chip or the chip for short. I wanted to call it the Graham, but <laughs> Mr. Bellichip has overpowered uh, physically, me physically. Me. He overpowered physically me physically me on the cobbles, <laughs> and <laughs> and I have to, I have to abide by the agreement we made. <laughs> but yeah, so what they did was they they got these potatoes, huge yield with potatoes. You wouldn't believe the amount of PR for potatoes in this museum either, right? It must be fielded by right. big potato because they're like yeah, yeah, less fat, more fibre. And much bigger yield than its closest competitors in the carbohydrate field, rice and pasta. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Get a huge yield. What about that, bread? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, grain. Yeah. Better than, it's better than grain. grain and rice. Okay. Wheat and rice. So anyway, they, they thought, fuck, we, we're used to eating these fish. So these clever fishermen, they go, well, everyone's used to eating these little fried fish now. So all they did was they got a potato out of the ground and they cut it into the shape and size of a little fish. <laughs> and they fried that. In. And they're like, here are kids, here's your winter fish. And they're like, oh, it tastes a bit Fucking different. genius. Is it, is it, yeah, is, is it fish? Yeah, but it's uh, it's a winter fish. Winter fish, see, comes out of the earth, not out of the water. Same deal, though. Right, still fried in fat. And that's the main thing. I'm reeling at this. This is Coolio's best ever episode. Yeah. You just told us about the invention of the chip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's fucking amazing. And the other thing is, right, the Belgians are fucking livid that it's known as the French fry, right? Because obviously oh, there's rivalry with the French anyway. Yeah. That came about because in the First World War, some American soldiers were hanging about somewhere or other during the war. And yeah. some Belgian, As some did. French-speaking Belgian soldiers came over and went, all right, lads, you look a bit peckish. Try one of these. And they go, whoa. Wowee, what the hell is this? It tastes amazing. And they go, it is a fry. We call it a fry. You just take the potato and you fry it. We call it a fry. And they were like, whoa, we're going to take this back to the good old US of A and tell everyone all about it. They get back and they go, this is a fry that these French dudes gave us. They invented it. It's called, called the, the and everyone's called it the French fry. And the Belgians are like, we were Belgian, you cunt. Didn't you fucking work that yeah, out yeah, by we the just fact spoke you were French. in fucking Belgium at the time? Classic Americans. Yeah. 
But the French fry is the shit chip. It's the, yeah, it's the thinner one, yeah. It's the, yeah, a proper chips, not a French fry. But and do you know? So you're telling me that the, the Americans didn't have chips until after the Second World War. First World War. First World War, got mm. you. Again, though, another revelation. Yeah, another Jesus revelation. Christ. And final revelation, but I think you might know this because I've heard it somewhere, and I wonder whether it was at once on this podcast. The um, the crisp, or what the Americans would call the potato chip, right? Yeah. They, yeah. To us, the common or garden crisp, the very staple yeah. of our diet, right, in the UK. Uh, that was just because some, someone in a, like one of these big New York deli restaurants ordered a bowl of fries and when they mm. came he sent them back to the chef he went he said to the waiter take these back they're too thick i don't like them cut this thick right the the Who chef this then some some <laughs> cunt right he said they're too thick <laughs> and he got so he sent them back right and the fucking chef had the raging hump about this and just to <laughs> right. just just to be fucking facetious or whatever, right? He said, "Oh, yeah. want some thin, does he?" So he got one of those right. mandolin style things, and he shaved them as like paper thin, the potato, right? <laughs> and he fried them and sent them back like that, thinking that'll show that cunt. But it didn't show yeah. the cunt because the cunt ate them. And went, whoa, these are incredible! They're the most incredible thing I've ever tasted in my life. Let's make this into a whole thing, right? And so he went and told the chef, look, this is incredible. I know you did it as a wind-up, but actually I think you've stumbled across something. And the potato chip, what we know as the crisp, was born. The crisp was was invented out of spite. Out of spite, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, incredible. so this is incredible. Like, what a, this what was a all, trick this, this is, this is all in one day, mate. My God, life-changing stuff. Yeah. So Whew. I'll leave it there because I could go on all day about this stuff. And I, obviously other things happened. We then ate some chips and then bought some chocolate. Say, did you get to the chips at the end and were they great? We got to chips at the end. Actually, the worst bit about the museum was the chip cafe, right? So that's what I'd gone there oh. thinking about. I was starving. We get to the bottom and it was actually quite dank in a basement with no windows. And there's <laughs> and fat everywhere. And I went up and I went, you got anything vegetarian to go with the chips? Because it was all like, you know chicken burgers whatever and they went no and i went oh <laughs> and they went matter of it's fact so not even the chips are vegetarian i went what and oh. they went we fry them in beef fat you bastard i was like Whoa. you fucker and Whoa. particularly my son who's veggie he's like really strict like he won't eat sweets if there's like gelatine in them and all this stuff yeah so there was no way he was going to eat them so we were very disheartened but we'd we were okay because we'd had so much fun We'd had so much fun that he had a bit of pocket money to buy one souvenir for himself on the whole trip. And he bought himself right. a Chip Museum T-shirt on the way out <laughs> that just says, I heart Fritz. And it's got a Belgian flag on it. <laughs> and oh, he's brilliant. like, I can't tell you how excited he is by this T-shirt. He thinks it's the best T-shirt of all time. Went out to the street. Every fucking shop. In, when you walk down the street in Bruges, which is an incredible medieval city. It's one of the most beautiful mm. like, towns I've ever been to. It's all... It's either a chip shop or a chocolate shop. Everywhere. Right, right. So like yeah, we, we walked out the door and we just walked straight into a place called something like Top Freak. And we just had a load of fucking delicious chips with um, various uh, accompaniments. And the dips they put on here are unreal. They did say one thing, though. There was these two singing chips on the way out, right? They were like, they were like robot <laughs> chips and they were singing a song about <laughs> chips and one of the main parts of the song was what's the best thing to put on a chip 
and they were going through and they were singing in English but in a French accent and they were going do you do ketchup that's for Americans do you do relish <laughs> right and then suddenly one of them goes what about vinegar and the other one breaks off a song and just goes Eric vinegar are you British oh my god <laughs> this is why we did Brexit right <laughs> 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 and me and Len were fucking fuming about this. I thought, hey, cheeky cunts. What's wrong with vinegar on a chip? Because then the end of the song is, you should only put mayonnaise on chips because wow, that is the way the Belgians do it. They almost think, like, to put anything else on it is, like, insane. Mm. So mm. there you go. I like that. I love chips with salad cream as well. Do you? Yeah. I like any chip, yeah. really. I like any sauce on a chip. Just nice, isn't it? Weird, isn't it? Not any, but the, the Chip Museum Cafe is so anti-vegetarian yeah. when a chip, a chip itself, is a vegetable. <laughs> yeah, I've had that experience once before. I was in a town in Suffolk called Albro, which is a seaside town, beautiful seaside town, years ago, and it's got a chippy there that regularly wins Britain's best or England's best chippy. Right? It's mm. quite famous, and in the summer months when there's a lot of tourists there, people queue down the street. Like, it fries, it's got science that goes, we fry at five, right? So from, right, like, yeah. quarter to five, every every fucker's queuing down the street. Yeah. First time we went there, we were really looking forward to trying these chips because they're, like, really famous. We fucking queued for ages. I wasn't vegetarian at the time. We were starving when we got to the front. And then it says, um, but my wife, who's been vegetarian since she was 12, we get to the fucking front. We've been queuing up for about almost an hour. And the sign yeah. says... All of our fa- world famous chips are fried in beef dripping. Oh. Beefy chips, mate. She had to well, go and get something else. Ours well, they cute. are probably the best chips. They probably are the best chips. But there you go. Uh, can I, if you've been listening to this and you can hear <clears throat> Storm Otto kicking off in the background mm. at my end, apologies. Um, I've lost a couple of roof tiles. No, if we've got any local really? roofers. Or anyone who's roofer adjacent <laughs> listening, send them round. Wow. I need me tiles replacing. Yeah, I lost a couple of tiles. Shit, that's a major storm to lose tiles. I've got um I've got um like a patio umbrella in the middle of me uh one of those patio tables. <laughs> and it's held down by one of those really heavy base things to stop it blowing away. Yeah. And the wind got under the base and lifted the umbrella and the base up and dragged the table with it yeah. about six feet across my patio. So Storm Otto is not to be trifled with. Not to with. be trifled with. Fucking That's all hell. I'll say. That's all I'll say. Um, <clears throat> oh, quickly. Talking of things in the sky, uh, just okay. really briefly. I can't, I can't remember how it came up, but uh, yesterday on the way home from Belgium, I began to tell my son about Concord. And he was quite blown away because kids today don't know much about Concord. And then I just thought to myself, when we were kids, Concord was like the biggest fucking deal in the world. And I just thought at some stage, me and Andy should definitely do a deep dive on Concord. Because Concord, when you were a kid, was the ultimate... In many ways, it was the ultimate lie. You'll remember that my neighbour Darren claimed that he'd gone to Disneyland on Concord and had seen me out the window digging. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Concord's awesome. Add it to the list. We'll do potatoes, Concord. Yeah. Uh, I'll put put them on the list. Uh, If anyone went on Concord, get in touch because I want to know your Concord experiences. (laughs) Yeah. 
Of course, the ultimate Concord trip was Phil Collins during yeah. Live Aid. Oh, yeah. When, when he, he bumped went, into Cher. Uh, Philadelphia from London. <laughs> and he bumped into yeah. Cher on Concord, didn't he? And she said, here, what's that's this fucking right. concert that's going on? Do you reckon you can get me involved? Get me on it. And he's gone, it's already happening now. <laughs> oh, God. And of course, she ended up on it, didn't she? She did, yeah. One of the best stories ever told. Um, well, end with some predictions, I guess. Yeah. Very quickly. Uh, football coming up this weekend. Nottingham Forest versus Manchester City. Uh, Forest, nil, City, three. I'll go for uh, two, nil, City. Brighton versus Fulham. Um, Brighton will win this two, nil. Uh, 2-1 Brighton 2-1 Brighton Tottenham versus West Ham United Oh what an encounter I'm going to yeah. say Tottenham nil West Ham 1 Ok um, I think that Tottenham will, will somehow engineer a victory and it will be 2-1 Sunderland versus Bristol City. I think this will be a 3-1 win for Sunderland. I'm going to say 2-0 Sunderland. Mate, can I just say, Sunderland have become amazing on the quiet. You've been quiet about it. Um, Yeah. But I've been seeing clips of them playing elite-level Brazil 1970-style football. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how you've taken this because, like, you know, obviously it's hard for you when Sunderland are doing well because it it's doesn't confusing. fit with your curmudgeonly um, attitude towards <laughs> football and in particular your own football club. And Tony Mowbray came in and you were like, couldn't give a fuck, mate. Don't know, don't know anything about him, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> right. And now it turns out he is the new Pep Guardiola. <clears throat> Or maybe Pep Guardiola was the new Tony Mowbray. So I've noticed well, you, you've been keeping your counsel on this, but I'm afraid to tell you, mate, on current form, you, you appear to be the best team in the championship on current form, and you may go into the Premier League. What are your feelings about that? I'm bang up for it. I've only Because I keep waiting for it to fall apart, because mm. that's what happens with Sunderland. I keep waiting for the fact that we've only got one forward at the club, and we've signed him from Leeds on yeah. loan. I keep waiting for something. Something else is going to go wrong. But we're, we've lost one in the last 12, and that was mm. against Fulham in the Cup in a replay. And we're now in the playoff positions. And we're playing, some, like you say, we're playing some magnificent football. Like, I, saw a, I saw a thing of a goal you scored playing it from the back. Another thing that you, I was thinking Dawson will hate this. He hates them playing, he hates people playing from the back. And now his team are doing it brilliantly. And well, uh, yeah. and yeah, I saw you play it right out from the bat, and about a hundred passes later, stroke it home, and it was just like that's one of the best goals I've ever seen. Well, the, getting back to the thing about not having any strikers, Tony Mowbray has adapted to that fact. Yeah, and we won last weekend. Um, oh God, who was it we played last weekend? I've forgotten now, but we we won. Uh, uh, oh yeah, it was Reading. Reading came just to try and just nullify us for ninety minutes. Mm. Reading were time wasting after eight minutes, Lovely. which I, I applauded. Lovely I thought, stuff. You know, the balls yeah. on that is superb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they were coming for a nil-nil, and we eventually won at one-nil. But in the end, because we've only got we've got one one striker, and he's just a little fella. So in the end, we've got um, Elise who came from West Ham oh, last yeah. summer. Yeah. Who plays left back or left centre back? Yeah. He was playing at left back. And also centre forward wow. for the last twenty minutes. When we were in possession, 
he went up and he was centre forward. When we didn't have the ball, he pegged it all that, the way back. That's and total left football. Back. That's literally what the it's Dutch did in the seventies. Yeah. I, I I described it as Tony Mowbray's jazz football. Jazz football. Well, I only saw Elise play once, and he was very skillful. So I can kind of see that he was He's fast great. and skillful. So. He's great. I mm. mean, I imagine you've probably got some kind of 50% sell-on yeah, thing probably. there because we're acquiring players for a, not a lot of money, but I think there'll be um there'll be there'll be sell-ons at the other end. But yeah. I mean, I'm not complaining. It's going really well at the minute. Playoff Playoff final is on the same day as Sparks at the Royal Albert Hall, which I've got tickets for. Wow, so what a day that what could a day be. that could be. But yeah. is it possible to catch second or not? Is that like miles off? No, we've, well, it, mathematically still, but it's but unlikely. Unlikely, okay. Middlesbrough a third, and they beat Sheffield United, who was second the other night, so mm. that pulled them back a little bit. But Middlesbrough's on a hell of a run as well with Michael Carrick. As the manager, oh, yeah, fucking, I forgot they, he was doing that. Mike, well, he'll like be 20. the next one. What will happen, with Michael Carrott, and who's a nice guy and used to play for West Ham. I like him, but I've got a strong feeling that as a result of this, if they don't go up, he will get appointed at a decent-sized Premier League club. I hope not yeah. West Ham. And, well, you never know, and it won't work out. Yeah, somewhere where that's a horrible, too, too damning too thing soon. to say. I hope that's not yeah. true, but do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like. These players, because of their background as players, they get kind of over-promoted too quickly, don't they? That's the th- I mean, he's took, took over and they've gone from like 20th to 3rd, I think, in about three months, mm. three or four months. But having said that, the championship, top two aside, it's fucking shit. You reckon? It's really bad. There's yeah. not a lot of difference from League One. Wow. It's really bad. I mean, that Reading team we played last week had, mm. uh, among its number, Scott Dan, mm. Shane Long... Jeff Hendrick, Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll. There was another one as well. It was like a retirement home. Did Andy Carroll get Premier quite League a lot of stick from the Sunderland crowd? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he fortunately, loves that. he didn't do anything at all. So mm. didn't a bit really immobile. I absolutely love him. So, uh, and as Newcastle there, they're our final game. Newcastle versus Liverpool. Newcastle versus Liverpool. Pooh, I've got to say, this is likely to be... I think this is going to be... 2-0 Newcastle wow I think I'll go for 1-0 Liverpool mm. for that one uh, so yeah all's good in the world of football in the championship it would be a shame if we got in the Premier League because I don't like it as much as the I championship I know that's why I asked you about you it I was, I was worried yeah. that you might be disappointed hopefully but you'll just quite... miss out hopefully you'll just I'd lose be... in the final Andy I'd be, I'd be quite happy for us to go up finish bottom take the money and get mm. back in the championship and just come back stronger Okay. quite happy with that right um, that's it then uh, enjoy your weekend everybody we'll be back after the weekend with more stuff uh, goodbye goodbye goodbye